editing nightmares for sure. So we're recording this. Yes, we are. We're rolling. Yes, right. we are. Well, um, I guess that's uh, I'm going good into for this banter cold. off the start. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Geeks with Kids. You're the Internet's number one conversational podcast about all things geeky and all things parenty. Uh, I'm your host tonight, Marty. What? Marty's hosting? What's going on with this episode? <laughs> Let me tell you what's going on with this episode. We had a grandiose plan. We had a great plan. It was a fabulous plan. We were going to put together a, t- a table for you of... Uh, of Landos, a table of sidekicks, a table of uh, extras, if you will, to run this episode of Geeks with Kids. And it almost, it almost came to fruition. So I, Marty, am hosting tonight, and to my virtual right is uh, my sidekick. <laughs> it was going to be like a whole hour of just me calling James <laughs> my sidekick. But anyway, uh, James is here. Say hello, James. Uh, I guess, yeah, sidekick. Okay, perfect, Marty. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Uh, and uh, because we couldn't find any more sidekicks after an extensive search today, uh, Aaron brought, crawled Marty? himself up from wherever he was going to hide tonight and is joining uh, us on the podcast. Say hello, Aaron. Hello. There we are. Excellent. All right, cool. So uh, a couple of months ago, uh, I'm sure other people had this idea, but I had the uh, the idea that uh, we should try to do this. We should try to put together an all-extras episode of The Geeks with Kids. And part of what inspired it for me was one of my favorite episodes, going back a few years now, but one of my favorite episodes of CSI, uh, think back to around season six when it still had Grissom and it was still really good. Uh, was an episode called Lab Rats. And the episode of Lab Rats dealt with the whole team, all the field agents, uh, the stars, if you will, of the show, were out on various calls. There was dead bodies littering all across Vegas, and they needed to uh, all be out and gone at the same time. That left the Lab Rats, that left the extras, the sidekicks, uh, alone in the office. uh, And... The, the episode slipped into what the industry sometimes calls a bottle episode of just the lab rats in the lab, no other sets, no other, no doing shoots out on location. Uh, everything was just in the lab and they were, there was a ton of humor. It was one of the funniest episodes that they've ever had. Um, Hodges, the character of Hodges kind of led the way in trying to investigate this, uh, some of the evidence from the season long arc of the miniature killer, if you remember that from 100 years ago, uh, when uh, they had a, a killer who would leave little dioramas of uh, of his crime scenes at the crime scene to make it look how detailed and planned in advance his <laughs> crime scenes were. Anyway, the lab rats fight and they have all kinds of things going on and eventually Hodges does come up with a uh, clue that helps in the at the by the season's end to solve the mystery. Um, cool. But it was a great episode, and it featured sure. a lot of the background and side characters, people who only get two, three lines an episode, were suddenly yeah. the most important characters. And it was awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anybody else see that? Remember that? I remember episode. the killer. I remember thinking it was like a Batman villain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The way he version was of the Riddler. To, the Riddler, yeah, the way he was able to plan out his crime scenes with such detail that he was able to make miniature models in advance of the murders because um, they were left at the scene with a very fresh dead body uh, there. 
So it was made for a good season, a good season-long arc in between all of the uh, crime of the week kind of stuff. Um, huh. Cool. So yeah, no, uh, I never. As, yeah, no, I never you, watched. You never watched uh, it. No, no. It sounds uh, uh, sounds very much kind of like in keeping with like the Flash and some of the stuff that they're doing um, mm-hmm. on that show with the uh, just with the villains of the week. It sounds very cartoony. I like it though. That would uh, that would probably be enough yeah. f- for me right now to get to, to buy into CSI <laughs> if, <laughs> if I desire to go back and watch it. They didn't do it every year, and it wasn't uh, – but as the years went on, as it grew more into the 2000s, they definitely uh, – and this I'm pretty sure was a season six episode. By season six, they were definitely doing these season-long um, killers that are cr- criminals that they couldn't solve early in the season, and it would take multiple attacks or multiple – uh, interactions with these killers before they were finally able to catch them, usually in the season finales. So right. it did do uh, to what they were doing. Um, but it reminded me, thinking about... Um, so I called this episode a bottle episode, which is a fancy term for uh, a stripped-down version of a regular TV show episode, where um, you have a minimal number of cast involved, very minimal number of sets involved, so there's less camera moves and less crew needed, and it's sort of a, a episode on the cheap. But they become tend to become very memorable episodes. Uh, Aaron, do you watch? Did you watch Breaking Bad? I caught um, bits and pieces of it. Okay, I saw. I saw, I saw a fair amount of the uh, fair amount of them. Okay, yeah. Well, in, are you thinking of a particular episode? I or? am actually. There's an episode in. I believe it's the last season. Um, when they are working in the big, big giant lab and there's a fly running around in their lab and the episode's just called The Fly and the whole episode is just our two main guys and they're trying to catch this fly. But of course along the way they get all um, sentimental about uh, who they are and and, um, why they're doing this and why it matters that they're doing this and all this kind of uh, neat good stuff. So you get a lot of uh, psychological development of the characters, but uh, the episodes don't do anything. They're very static. Um, And the classic Mm. one from back in the day is the Seinfeld Chinese food restaurant episode. Yes, the one where they're like all they're trying to they're get like uh, waiting for the table. They're waiting for the table, and the whole episode takes place in the lobby of the restaurant. They don't go to Jerry's apartment. They don't go anywhere else. They're all just in the lobby of the restaurant, and the whole episode takes place just right there. And that would be another example of a of a bottle episode. And uh, my last and the no, irony yes. for that episode. Go ahead. The the irony for that episode was they they did that one to try to cut down on costs because. Yeah. The show was getting a little bit more expensive, yeah. and that episode wound up becoming more expensive or as expensive as any other episode. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the last, the mm. great example, of course, is Community, because they mention, I guess we're doing a bottle episode about three times during the opening, and then they do have an episode where <laughs> they awesome. they never... they. If you remember, it's a great episode. Uh, Annie gets pissed off in the opening because someone has stolen her pen. And they've been stealing her pens all semester long, and she's not going to take it anymore. I remember that one. 
Yes. And so Annie gets com- – and the whole episode takes place in the study room. They never leave the study room. They end up all like in their underwear with the furniture flipped over. They're searching for this pen. Yes. Uh, they never they never find the pen. Uh, and then finally at the end of the episode, the camera goes into the ductwork in the walls and we find the monkey whose name was Annie's Boobs. And I really just wanted to say Annie's yep. Boobs on a pop- podcast. Uh, and Annie's Boobs <laughs> is sitting there with tons of stuff that he's stolen, including about 15 Uh-oh. pens. Uh, and actually, <laughs> I was t- I read this online and went back and watched. And if you watch super careful in the very, very opening scene, before anything about the pen is mentioned, you can actually, in the lower right-hand corner of the screen, see Annie's boob's hand grab the pen. You just see the hand of the monkey grab the pen. That's awesome. In the opening, if you're looking really, if you knew where to look. And you see the monkey grab the, the thing. And then they talk for like the first uh, bunch. Uh, Abed gets really – he's pissed off that it's a bottle episode because bottle episodes end up being all about feelings. And, of course, with his <laughs> autism and stuff, he wasn't – he, he had, couldn't handle feelings. So he hated the yeah, whole thing because yeah. it was all about feelings. And at one point, Jeff was like answers, answers his cell phone and says, no, I can't come right now. I'm doing a bottle episode. Slams his phone down. <laughs> so uh, that's awesome. Yeah, so that's uh, sort of my preamble to uh, to how I wanted to do this. Uh, the idea of the all uh, sidekicks episode. Um, anybody else with bottle episode memories? I know there's a. I can't remember what it is anymore. There's a classic Buffy that does a bottle episode, and an Angel that does a bottle episode. The Buffy episode was the one where where. Uh... What's her name? Her, uh, no, what's the do- uh, the sister? Don. Don, thank you. Uh, well, Don uh, makes makes a wish that uh, nobody can leave the house, mm-hmm. and they yes. wind up getting stuck inside the house. There it is. Mm-hmm. And also the the other one, the classic, the the body, where they're just basically waiting to go see the body. Yep. Mm-hmm. Those I found a mentions yeah, those... of those online as I was tooling around doing some research for today. Yeah, they they tend to use them, and it was every you know you'd you'd get one or two a season, yep. just to kind of that or the classic the flashback episodes, right? Or clip yeah. shows, or, and things or, like or that. kind yeah. of a version of clip yeah. shows. Yeah, <laughs> the West Wing did a great bottle episode. Uh, is called Seventeen People, and it was when Toby found out about the president's MS, and uh, the there was only two sets used: the Oval Office and a random conference room, and. Uh, small five or six members of the cast were in the conference room talking about some speech that didn't mean anything while in the Oval Office uh, was this heavy, heavy discussion between the president and Toby about um, about his illness and about his disease and about him not telling anybody about his disease. And uh, Toby went back and forth between the two, and it was neat the juxtaposition from this completely meaningless speech that the one side is talking about and this heavy, heavy, heavy uh, conversation going on in the other room. Um, But Mm -hmm. so that's for me, because I'm a huge West Wing fan, that was a a memorable episode for me. Yeah. Uh, One that comes to mind, uh, not a TV show, but... um 
was it uh, 12 angry 12 angry men yeah uh, the jurors uh, the hung jury trying to come to the decision in the murder trial just in secondered in the uh, in the one meeting room yeah and just the going back and forth between the uh, between the jurors about is he guilty or is he not I think that's uh, that's one I'll come back to for sure yeah yeah that that fits the bill for sure good pull nope Nope, oh, good. <laughs> okay, I was going to move on <laughs> uh, to our main topic tonight. And uh, again, I created my little uh, agenda with the idea that it was a sidekick-themed episode. So my main topic tonight is favorite sidekick characters. Cool. <laughs> Anyone want to start? I was going to jump in and say, I was gonna jump I, in I, and say I, Urban Garlic, but... <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> Favorite sidekick. Dang. But anyway. Yes. Um, Bacon so, carbonara. Yeah. Oh, nice. Mm. Had that the other night. That was very good. <laughs> nice. And very uh, easy to make. <laughs> Even I can't screw that up. I'm with Aaron on the urban garlic <laughs> alongside some nice pork chops, some urban garlic pasta. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, how about uh, characters? Favorite sidekick. Well, the, uh, the favorite one? Yeah, yep. go. Robin the Boy Wonder. Yep. Classic. So, And he stood the test of time. So here, James, give you a little chance to go on a little bit of a rant. Um, I okay. <laughs> am not as big of a follower of the comic books as I am the movies or uh, TV series and stuff. And when I first started right. playing... Um, the Arkham video games. That's sort of, I came very, very late to the idea of the multiple different Robins that have been over the years. Can you right. catch me up a little bit on how we got from Dick J- Dick Grayson to Jason Todd to wherever we're at now? Okay, so it starts with the classic Dick Grayson, Boy Wonder. And he's like uh, a ward of the state. Orphan, yeah. He's... His his family is is murdered, right. and Bruce Wayne takes him in as his ward. Yep. He winds up training him. You know, this is nineteen what nineteen thirties, nineteen forties. Of course, you know, eight year old kid. He's going to be a a sidekick. Uh, so eventually, in the seventies, Robin turns into a teenager. Eventually, and <laughs> ultimately wants to branch out on his own, and he starts to get very. Uh, um, have his own thoughts and want to, you know, the way Heath wants to do things. So he joins up with the Teen Titans, and eventually he has a falling out with Batman. Goes off on his own. And does he become he Nightwing? creates his, his he becomes Nightwing, and Nightwing becomes you know a stable character unto himself. Right. During that small break, Batman is on his own. He eventually he finds this kid that has the the gall to try to steal the hubcaps and the and the tires off the Batmobile. And that is Jason Todd. Jason Todd's dad is a goon that kind of runs with Two-Face. And so Batman takes pity on the kid. The kid's kind of from a broken home. He brings him in. And then he eventually, he trains him to be uh, a Robin. During that time, early 80s, mid-80s, they, you know, Jason Todd was, you know, it's like anybody that t- follows a classic character. 
he has a following. Uh, they they have a big storyline called Death in the Family, and basically it's a novelty thing to try to drum up business. DC puts a 1-800 number. Do you want Robin to live or die at the end of this episode? <laughs> and everybody revolts. It's one of the first times where they go, wow, we really didn't expect that. <laughs> Americans and, and, and asking people to vote and then being surprised by what happens. <laughs> but it comes down to the... It comes down to the classic, the Joker with a crowbar in the in the warehouse. You know, it's it's an episode of Clue, and he beats Robin to death, almost death, and then just to put the uh, the cherry on the cake, or on the Sunday, he blows up the building with Robin in it in front of Batman, so he kills him, or so we think. Right. There's a time span. Rob, uh, Batman goes real dark, and you know he's he's beating on people, and he's getting beat up, and and we start seeing a new person watching Batman, following him around, and basically saying Bat- something's wrong with Batman, and that leads to Tim Drake. Tim Drake is this boy detective. He uncovers Batman's secret, and ultimately becomes the third Robin, much to. Batman's chagrin, but you know Batman doesn't want another partner. But Robin or Tim Drake saying you need another, you need somebody to balance out the darkness, and you can't do it on your own. Tim's a smart guy, detective in his own right. He's uh, he kind of goes off and he he builds Robin a little bit differently, a little bit more uh, independent. Then we get uh, Robin's thinking about leaving, so Batman, in an attempt to kind of blackmail him into staying, says, well, fine, if you're going to go off on your own, I'm going to take your girlfriend and make her Robin. (laughs) And that leads to the infamous Stephanie Brown, formerly known as the Spoiler. She becomes Robin for a short period of time. And and then what do we get? um, Ultimately, we're at now Damian Wayne who is the son of an, an encounter between Batman and Talia al Ghul. Oh, so it's okay. Raz al Ghul's god, or grandson hmm. is Robin. Cool. Hmm. All right, thank you. And now there's also been other ones and a future ones, and uh, and those ones I don't even get into. But, uh, yeah, if you're looking at the main ones, those are, those are your main ones. I feel I feel edumacated. All right. <laughs> How about you, so that, that ate up like ten minutes. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> The more you know. There you go. So, Aaron, you've had Can lots of... you wake of, up the rest of the audience? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Aaron, you've had lots of time <laughs> to think about this now. Um, I'm going Star Wars. Um, all-time favorite sidekick, Chewbacca. Mm. He, oh, good um, choice. <laughs> he's, the, uh, he's the archetypal, um, you know, like creature with a good heart kind of thing. But if you, if you wrong him, he's going to rip your arms out and... Uh, uh, just totally destroy you at that uh, holographic uh, chess game. So always let the Wookiee win was always one of my favorite uh, catchphrases for uh, Chewbacca. And uh, I just, uh, yeah, the tradition's going strong. Mercury's got a plush uh, Chewbacca toy that he has to snuggle with uh, every night. So, yeah. <clears throat> so I'm going to put Chewbacca up there as mine because, seriously, you want a wingman, you want somebody at your side 
you know, you want Chewbacca. He's good with the bowcaster, uh, explosives. He can fly the Millennium Falcon. He, you know, he's totally got your back. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, when it's cold at night, you know, nice warm snuggles. There you go. <laughs> well, my favorite sidekick is the exact opposite of Chewbacca, as opposite as it gets. Um, somewhere in the early mid nineties, I became, I was in love with the animated, the tick and my favorite yes. sidekick is Arthur, uh, from the tick, um, the, the battle cry, not in the face, not in the face, uh, <laughs> is just comedy gold. And I just love the juxtaposition between the tick and his mindless power versus Arthur, the warrior, the, but yet always there. Like he still chooses to be the the ticks sidekick, despite all his, uh, his worry, despite all of his, uh, anxieties, uh, the fact that he was an accountant, all of these things, he still chooses to be next to the tick for all of his adventures. And I just love Arthur. <laughs> and I'm reminded my favorite, uh, one of my favorite episodes uh, that deal with Arthur quite a bit is The Tick versus The Tick, which is, yes. it was extremely memorable mm. because they went to the they went to the Comet Club. I had to look this up. I don't remember it this well. Um, the Comet Club, which was a superhero uh, dance club in downtown the city, and they went to the super uh, the Tick. Um, and I can't remember who else went with them, American Maid probably, and a couple of other of the superheroes, and Arthur go, and the guy at the, at the, who's in charge of the door is the doorman stops him at the door and tells Arthur he has to go to the sidekick lounge. So he's not allowed in the club. And he gets <laughs> he gets sent to the sidekick lounge with an ape and a talking dog, and he's stuck there while all the other guys are start off at least having a great time in the in the club until another guy who calls himself the Tick with no real superpowers, but he just has a Tick costume. He, the Tick, and the Tick have to have a fight because there can be only one. And uh, meanwhile, right. meanwhile, while all of this is going on, probably the greatest villain in Tick history, the Midnight Bomber, what bombs at midnight, is slowly planting bombs all over the nightclub in an effort to not only kill the Tick, but all <laughs> the superheroes of the city. And he's just got amazing little monologues. Yeah, you want bad, baby? I'll show you bad. Who's the midnight bomber? That bomb's at midnight, and he just—he's going around planting <laughs> all of these bombs while the tick and the tick are fighting each other, and Arthur's trying to sneak his way out of the uh, sidekick lounge. Amazing episode for to for me. There's only like thirty odd episodes, but it's an amazing series, mm -hmm. and I just loved laughing constantly. I remember many a Mac drama class. Uh, that would we we couldn't get to work on whatever scenes we were working on until me and a few of the other guys had to sit down and decipher and and decode and and break down the previous week's episode of the Tick. And Arthur is my Good. pick for my yeah. favorite sidekick character. <laughs> nice, well played. That's a honor, honorable mention, though. Mm -hmm. Have you guys ever seen the the movie Sky High? No. Sky High. I... It's a, it's. A, it's Kurt it's Russell. Kurt Russell. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And it's a Disney movie, and it's basically it's about uh, 
superhero kids, uh, kids of superheroes that go to superhero high school. Huh. And you got um, uh, Bruce Campbell is in it, and Dave <laughs> Foley, and a couple of the other kids in the hall, and and the pre- the principal is Principal Powers by you know it was uh, Diane, um, uh, Carter, Linda Carter. <laughs> nice. And and uh, you know they they're all playing off. The, it's kind of a spoofy thing, but you're either a hero based on your power, and you have to go through evaluation. What's your power? I can lift a truck. Hero, what's your power? I can turn into animals like a tiger? No, guinea pig. Sidekick. <laughs> and so they got they got separated and then they says, "Well, we can't really call you sidekicks anymore. You're hero support." And hero support is taught <laughs> by Dave Foley, who is the sidekick, the former sidekick of uh the commander. And the commander is is Kurt Russell's character. Mm-hmm. And it, and it, his son winds up in the in the sidekick class, and in, uh, Dave Foley's going. So does your dad talk about me anymore? He says, actually, no. I didn't even know you existed. <laughs> he doesn't even show you the scrapbooks that I used to make. So, so what was your power? I could change clothes really fast. <laughs> and they're like, so you know the test. It's so if you're facing off against a horde of zombies, what weapon do you hand to your to your hero? The silver-plated dagger, the crossbow, doon to do, and the guy says, "I pick up the crossbow and I shoot the zombie." This is wrong, you know. But he says, "I can shoot him. He's right there." He says, "No, your hero support. You hand it to the hero. <laughs> you don't do that." <laughs> <laughs> nice, um, nice, nice. I was just looking at the IMDb page for that movie. I've never even heard of it, but it's it is. Great. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Nice. Uh, cool. All right. Well, actually, that leads a nice segue into my next question was, and I didn't do any research on this, so I'm as in the dark as you guys are on this. Can you think of any, since this is Geeks with Kids, any kid sidekicks that you remember? Hmm. The early, the uh, way back, I mean, you go back to Robin, you go back to Bucky. And Bucky, who wound up getting killed off and and marvel said no more kid sidekicks uh kid sidekicks are also leads into one other thing i was going to bring up and that is the kind of show or comic or story where the sidekicks are the real hero and uh usually it's the bumbling the bumbling hero uh where the sidekick does all the real work and the i don't know why this was the most notable one in my head but all i could think of were the kids especially there was a a really smart girl who uh, worked alongside Inspector Gadget. Well, that his niece Penny. Niece Penny, that's exactly it. Yes, and, and Dog Brain. Yes, Penny and Brain. Penny and Brain. Yes, they were the real heroes. While Inspector Gadget bumbled and fumbled his way through things. Well, the other one that I'm thinking of right now, and and, and sorry, at least other kid sidekicks mm-hmm. would be uh, the show Young Justice, mm-hmm. which is all about. It's Robin, Aqualad, Kid Flash, Speedy, and uh, and then Superboy, and all the sidekicks, and they form another group, and they wind up being as formidable, if not more formidable, than the the lead heroes. So the lead heroes, you'll see a Batman or a Superman, or the heroes are there, and they get given the side mission. Well, the side mission winds up being more dangerous, or as dangerous, 
or as important. So it really took the focus off of they're no longer just just a, just a sidekick that comes in mm-hmm. to to do support or backup. Cool. Um, and there there was an, there was a, a a movie that was recently, and it was um, actually it was it was the Justice League versus Teen Titans, mm. and you've got the Justice League is all. They're fighting the big bad guy, and and uh, and you hear Batman look over, and he goes, uh, "Robin, you know, you know, are you uh, are you in position?" And Robin's, you know, the Damian Wayne Robin is sitting up in the, a balcony, and he's just throwing batarangs at people, going, "Turn left, turn left, go down, don't go back, go forward." He says, "You got me on crowd control." He says, "I can do more than half the guys that are there." <laughs> Um, another example of, uh, kind of kids, but at least a bumbling hero. And this one is back to, uh, outlandish comedy. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this, um, Mike Tyson mysteries, Mike Tyson. No, oh I don't God. know. That it's one. on Netflix. There's, oh, is there really 30 episodes now? Okay. I'm a little bit behind, but it's a cartoon. It's voiced by Mike Tyson and he's playing himself alongside a pigeon who is voiced by Norm MacDonald. Uh, Jim Rash from Community plays a ghost named the Marquess of Queensbury. And he Mike Tyson's adopted Korean uh, 18-year-old daughter, Yoon Hee Tyson, um, <laughs> uh, every once in a while, uh, Mike Tyson has a whole collection of carrier pigeons as well as the one pigeon that can talk. And every once in a while by carrier pigeon, he gets a request to solve a mystery. And Mike Tyson, it, they're only like 10-minute episodes. Mike Tyson runs out and uh, tries to solve this mystery, AK, just like the, uh, the Scooby-Doo kind of style. But it's really the daughter who's, who actually figures everything out. And it's just hilarious banter, usually between Mike Tyson and... Uh, either Jim Rash or Norm MacDonald playing a pigeon who used to be a man who somehow got turned into a pigeon. And it's, it, the the TV show is, it's hilarious. It just, it knocks you on your ass. Have funny. You may have to beep that, uh, knocks you on your butt funny. And it is, um, very, very 30 minutes and 58 seconds. Uh, very, very funny. Um, <laughs> but uh in terms of the real heroes are the background while Mike Tyson is uh not at all one of the heroes. Oh, I'm going to have to take a look at this. <laughs> it's just, it's cool. worth it right. for the humor. Hey, yeah, we're absolutely. and let's move on now to the news section of our show. Uh talking about some of the bigger news items uh in geekdom from the past week. And over the weekend we had the drop of the new of the the first I guess full length trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And I like this for this for this podcast because it's pretty much an entire team of sidekicks. Um thoughts on the trailer James, what did you think? Yeah, there you go. Fan, fantastic. Uh I think it, you know they they gave a teaser a couple weeks ago that everybody went yep. that looks great, but I want mm-hmm. more Groot. And this one, I mean, the little conversation, they don't give you a lot, but what they give you is gold. You know, yeah. and, and Drax, you know, Dave Bautista is, uh, I mean, he gets funnier and funnier with with each uh, movie. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like he's uh, hitting his groove and uh, just he's he's going. He's on all cylinders. Like from that uh, first clip where it's like, "Do you need a hug?" To like his moment here with the uh, where they're all sitting down. And he's like, "Ah, oh, you're so embarrassed. Do me, do me, do me." Well, <laughs> that yeah, was they, like the, money. The conversation between uh, Rocket and and Baby Groot, and I, I sat down with with uh, Chuck. And we we watched it four times before she went to bed tonight, and uh, <laughs> she just couldn't get enough of it. And she goes, "Look at, there's so much expression and there's so much going on, and all it is is him saying." I am Groot. I am Groot. I'm Groot. I am Baby no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Does anybody have any tape? I want to put it over the death button. <laughs> You're the guy with the atomic bomb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It ranks right wow. up there with the, the the line that we used when the uh, when the first movie came out. The trailer had the, had the line. It's like, what is that? Uh, what's all this stuff out? No, I'm I'm, I'm I needed the box. What are you going to do with the box? Or what is that? It's a bomb. What were you going to do with it? I'm just going to put it in the box. You know, <laughs> well, you got to, you got to, you don't put a bomb in a box. And this one, it's the, uh, talking about the death button. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you guys can maybe correct me if there was something in the teaser. I don't remember it. But one of the things that I loved about the first movie was the use of music and the little, the cassette tape Walkman with the 80s mix yep. on it. Um, and I didn't see anything in the trailer that reminded me of that. That uh, Well, you, that... Do have the, you do have the classic song. I mean, they, they're, they're using very specific songs, and this one is, Hey, I don't want to know your name. You know, yeah. classic, classic 70s type rock. Okay, and maybe I just okay. Remember, he got volume two at the end, so there's a lot of songs yeah. now that are new. So yeah. we've already had the, um, you know, the the, the main songs, and on the mm. new tape had the Jackson Five. So now we're picking <laughs> up volume two. It'll be, all those yeah. songs will start to be interplayed. But yeah. I, I love the I the use of, you know, the the going back to the original song for the teaser trailer, the Uga Chaka, you know. Leading Lee up, and you see the blue, yeah, and then you've got the tape deck is is there along with the line that says spacesuits are for emergencies or fun. Yep. <laughs> was the tape deck in the trailer? Did I miss that? In the teaser, it was in, in the, the original teaser. In the yeah. teaser, okay, okay, yeah, okay. And yeah. this one, it really waits until uh, you hear Star Lord go, "All right, a holes," you know, and then the song starts, and okay. it's, it's playing yeah. in the background again. Good use of like just unique songs that you'd normally wouldn't hear. Yeah. Yeah, that's yep. one of the one of the things I really liked about the first one was mm-hmm. the way they used music. Yeah, I'm it was forward to that again. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I remember an interview with uh Gun uh a while ago when Galaxy uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 had just uh, come out and they were like, "So you doing a sequel?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm already working on the uh already working on the soundtrack." And they're like, "How's it going?" He's like, "It is the hardest freaking thing to do because how do you top the first one so i'm excited to see what they've got this time well, around. i really like that you know it's almost like a musical in itself where the songs will dictate the overall story tone yeah. you gotta have mm-hmm. your good you gotta have your your good mix of uh of catchy songs but you can't all be pop classics some of them all have to be workman tracks that'll carry the middle part of the story yeah. i just found that whole bit with the walkman to be so vital to his character 
and uh, I would hope that it continues in some new way. And mm-hmm. I like, and like that you said, this was we a had unique, volume two, so mm-hmm. this was a very unique take on the character because if you take a look at Peter Quill, was a sidekick, you know, and really he was a, he was a classic <laughs> character that was used kind of a space cop, Buck Rogers type character, but he really didn't have a, a main storyline or anything carrying him forward, and then they used him in the um, it, when they they decided to take a bunch of the D lister characters and use them Nova. Darkhawk, and then you had all these other characters, and they did a big space epic. Um, the the Thanos uh, uh, Imperative and the uh, Annihilus, and and basically Peter Quill was always this background. He was like a general, and everybody knew him, but they didn't know him. And he had uh, mm-hmm. the big mask on him, and he was a scarred. He was much older, and then they went, "Well, we really like this character. Let's use him." And then they started really picking him up and developing the character and building him. And that's when they started building the rest of the Guardians around him, the ones that we kind of know now. I also noticed in news this week that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be released next year as a Telltale series game. Uh, Yes. This looks really interesting. You're excited, Aaron. Um, It has its own trailer. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not familiar with Telltale games. I've seen commercials for them, but I'm not... What is a Telltale game, and how does it differ? It's uh, it's like a classic adventure game, like almost like a, like you go back to the old uh, Lucas Arts, uh, Lucas Games, uh, uh, point and click adventure games. You kind of get to that feel there, where it's uh, more story and adventure, maybe a little bit of action, but not so, so much. Night of it's the Tentacle. More or, uh, or Day of the Temple. Maniac Mansion. Yeah, yeah. Or David. Yeah, very, oh, yeah, very much like that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's that kind of a okay. game. So they've they've done a Batman one I haven't checked out yet. Uh, Borderlands they've done. Um, Fable, I think, was another one where they take, uh, um, like, the characters from, like, like, the Brothers Grimm fairy tales and you kind of, like, throw them in there uh, into a story. Christy could... Uh, totally correct me and fix my <laughs> knowledge on or lack of knowledge on that uh, on that one game because she's a big fan of it and uh, okay. yeah and then uh, Walking Dead uh, they uh, they did actually the third season's about to come out as well so yeah yeah point and click adventure <clears throat> games very fun choose your own adventure for a new era okay <laughs> cool and, and i was worried about about use of music, and while you were explaining all that, I clicked on. There's a little like 45 second trailer for the Telltale series, and all it yes. is is the Walkman floating through space uh, with an old 70s tune playing in the playing in the background, and that's all you see. <laughs> so clearly, sold. The tape deck, <laughs> yep, pretty much. Um, uh, yeah, so that looks cool. Uh, and interesting, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to the use of music. Obviously, the banter, obviously the added comedy of uh, of young Groot, baby Groot, uh, is definitely um, looking forward to. It all. Hopefully, the 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 main plot and story is as good, at least as good as the first one. And we'll yeah. have a great movie. We'll have another great movie. See, I think this is a <laughs> type of movie, though. In all honesty, where the characters carry it. It really doesn't matter oh, to sure. me as much what the plot will be, and I, what I've heard of the plot so far, they're gonna they're gonna utilize a few 
new characters, um, like Mantis, who we see in the trailer, and uh, a, a couple other characters. But really, it's going to be that core group of that we saw from the from the first movie. Yondu yeah. will be a little bit more involved, and Nebula, mm-hmm. but and you can, really and, you oh, and Kurt a... Russell. You can have characters carry the story in an origin story, but I think when you move on to, I think a lot of the failings of sequels is that the characters don't carry it as well because we know the characters. We are familiar with the mm-hmm. characters. We're not learning new things. Now, thankfully, we have Baby Groot, which is obviously new and is going to be a highlight no matter what. And the and and Rocket's reaction off of Baby Groot is all new, sort of Rocket in the in the um, in the role of dad, practically at least to what we've seen so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's new, but without development through plot, I think that's where a lot of um, sequels can fall down. Mm-hmm. But I see, and and I think some of the highlights of the of the previous movie were the scenes where, well, when they're all sitting around in the uh, in the cargo uh, cargo hold, trying to decide what the next plan is going to be, mm-hmm. and then playing off each other. It's such a strong cast that way where you could have close to a whole movie of just them doing witty banter back and forth. Yeah, yeah you need some action, but I think the, the action is not nearly as important as, say, you would need in a, like an Avengers. Yeah. You know, the Avengers yeah. kind of yeah, needed that, that last bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the witty banter and that back and forth during the, the hammer sequence in Avengers 2 was great, but it, it didn't last as long. Mm-hmm. Well, time will time will tell. Yep. Speaking of bad trailers, uh, <laughs> I know where uh, you're going. We also had well, there's only there was one other big trailer that dropped on the weekend, and it was and and it was for <laughs> figuratively uh, and literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the airplane and everything dropped. Uh, yeah, um, the mummy was released. A and and. Are they really officially calling it, is a, it reboot. a reboot to the series? Like, it is a complete reboot. Um, Universal uh, is going to try to capitalize on the Universal Monsters property, and so the Mummy is getting is going to be kind of their Iron Man. They are going but, to build a connected universe between all of their classic monster characters: Frankenstein's monster, Dracula, and, and the Wolfman, and that's fine. But after watching the the trailer, what po- like I I don't see why you need to connect it to the Brendan Fraser movies. But see, I don't think you they could... are going to connect it to those movies. I think those movies, and I always said when we first saw the well, first no, one, but like they're rebooting it. I understand that, but why even thematically? Like it's a different it's a different villain. It's a different mummy. That's it's not. And and Notep or whatever Anotep something uh, from the from the original Mummy movie that's risen up. Mm-hmm. It's somebody else. It's a queen mm. of something else, and um, and so it doesn't bear even story resemblance to those movies. Don't call it a reboot. Just call it a new movie. Call it something else. Don't call yeah. it the Mummy. <laughs> the Mummy awakens. Call it Dead a, Girl Rising. Dead Girl. I rising. think you're you're right there. It's it's going to confuse a lot of people. It's mm-hmm. it's not enough of a difference. Watch this movie; she's yeah. almost naked. Like and, and like, yeah, I, pretty I, much. I don't. I, I guess they're they're, trying they're, to they're really trying to on amp the up people like, who liked Suicide Squad. I don't they're going for the they're going for the the horror aspect and and much much darker tone than the other movies. But sure, sure. Did it did it work? 
I, the the plane mm. scene to show so much of it in a trailer mm-hmm. uh, makes me think usually the trailer is only showing you the highlights so if the if it, it i don't know what it actually timed out as but the the plane crash felt like 107 minutes to fall for the yeah. plane to fall and that was in the trailer <laughs> which got to mean that it's about a 700 minute uh, an hour epic to actually drop this plane yeah. out of the sky in the actual <laughs> movie. Uh, at least that's how long it's going to feel. Um, <laughs> Speaking of a bottle episode, yeah, there you go. <laughs> we're on this plane and we're forever. And we're flipping and we're flipping and we're, oh, we're flipping again. And let's throw these yep. guys out of the plane and see you later. You've got a parachute and like, ah. And how does Tom Cruise what, still I, look twenty nine? That's what I don't understand. Is there yeah, a painting of, of? Is there a? Yeah, he's the mummy. It has <laughs> nothing to do with the girl and the half naked girl on the ground causing trouble. He's the mummy. He's so well preserved. Look at him. Uh, well, the one has, I feel sorry for is poor Russell Crowe. Is now, you know, he has the one big line at the end of the movie that makes no sense, has no context to anything, and. Um, it's and like, she's going to get what she deserves. This oh, is a man that won an Academy was. Award. <laughs> In the early 2000s, Russell Crowe was good. Now the the royalties from the Republic of Doyle episode just aren't cutting it anymore. He's got to go back. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah. And it was a good episode, too. Working in Canadian melodramas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <sighs> Very nice. Uh, yeah, no. I... Um, I'm very impressed with the uh, with the amount of bass that they've put in there, at the, <laughs> like at the beginning of that trailer and at the end there. I felt like I was watching Batman v Superman again. <laughs> or no, no, New Wonder Woman. It's like, oh man, is that what we're? You got more and, instruments. And, yeah. <laughs> you can tell it's a Tom Cruise movie because Tom Cruise runs. <laughs> You've got that that chop in the it, air. Yeah, the, the straight back. Running, it's 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 ranks right up there with any of the other great runs that he's had, <laughs> which is basically every movie. Yeah, pretty uh, much. Yeah, no, I think everything from cocktail. I wonder if he did his to... own stunts in that movie. I don't know. There was oh, a we'll time when I actually see. liked Tom yeah. Cruise when I actually thought that he was that he had got a bad rap for being a pretty boy and could actually perform. And I actually really liked him in stuff like Tropic Thunder, mm-hmm. where he made himself look ugly and, yes. and played a real character. And uh, But lately, it's just, it's just paychecks. Like, it just looks like he's just... I don't know. Maybe he's got another. I don't know, but it just looks like paychecks lately, and and nothing of substance. Well, he has also yeah. he's he's aligned himself with his production partner, who basically they control all the creative aspects of the movie. Uh, and he's at a point in his career where he should be looking for that elusive Oscar. Like he should be taking on projects to show off. He doesn't need the money anymore. He should be doing the smaller projects to show off that he's an actual actor. And instead, I mean, what is he's got to be in his 50s, right? Like he's I I meant to look it up beforehand, but um he's late 50s got to be. Like he's at a point in his career that he shouldn't be trying to look 29 anymore and acting like he's 29 anymore. He should be uh, he's only 54, but still, he should be trying to find that 
you know, Aaron Sorkin written or, or, or somebody directing a uh, project that gets him the, at least a nomination. Uh, AK, like, like Sylvester Stallone last year with doing the, the, yeah. the extremely well-written new Rocky movie and, and, and getting that. Yeah, Apollo. And getting, or Creed, yeah, Creed, yeah. Creed. And getting everybody in the industry to think positively about your whole career, which is what kind of happened to Stallone last year. I mean, when okay. he was up for... Now, what for, happened uh, to Stallone this year? Stallone is in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Tom Cruise should be gunning for a Marvel movie. Well... <laughs> First. What co- what character could Tom Cruise play now? Oh. Every every high high profile actor now, from Al Pacino to Glenn Close to you know Michael Douglas Cumberbatch, yeah. Cumberbatch, yeah. they're all going for Marvel movies. So Tom Cruise is on the outside looking in. Forget the Oscar. You want that? You want that nine oh. picture paycheck? You know, mm. Tom Cruise could lead. He could be the 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 new Robert Downey Jr. For mm. Marvel's series three on, maybe I don't know. Huh. Is there room for a five foot three, you know, <laughs> egotistical? Uh, he, hey, what, what he characters could bulk are up. He could bulk up and uh, bulk up, and he could be uh, he could be part of Alpha Flight. He could be Puck in Alpha Flight. Yeah, I was going to go Iceman. No, with the with the questionable no. sexuality. Uh, oh. <laughs> Because that's what the new um, Iceman series is going to be about. Yeah, I know, um, but uh, no, I don't know. I would, uh, I would you know what? Yeah, uh, what's the, who's the lead in Alpha Flight again? Was it uh, not Captain Canuck, but it's well, uh, Vindicator. Vindicator? Or, yeah, let's the see Guardian, him play Canadian slash Vindicator. Yeah. yeah, let's see him play. Let's see him play a Canadian Do a superhero. Stretch, that Canadian. would be funny. That'd be funny. Ah, uh, but I don't think Alpha Flight Alpha Flight would fall into the uh, to to the X Men thing. So wouldn't be, so be wouldn't Fox. the right. Well, Fox, maybe I don't know. Fox would have Nobody those rights because it was tied would to they? the Wolverine mythology. Mm. And they actually did use James Hudson Vindicator in Wolverine Origins, the old couple that picks him up and takes him back and gives him the jacket, and after he leaves the the Weapon X facility. No. Yep. That was them. Huh. His name is James Hudson and 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 his wife. They don't come right out and say it, but that's that was the uh that was the homage to the characters. Huh. I'm on a mm-hmm. site called comicbook.com and it's citing a Jimmy Kimmel live uh uh interview where Cruz was asked about why he's never made a superhero movie. Um, and his PR answer was that he, while he enjoys superhero films, his lane is making Mission Impossible and Jack Reacher, as in throwback-style testosterone remember, action flicks. Tom Cruise was supposed to be Iron Man. Tom Cruise had the rights to Iron Man and was going to – his his ideas were so radical. It was going to be about a spy that uh, had a, an iron suit that he that he could wear you know, from time to time and it would be hidden in a briefcase. But he was essentially a spy character and ultimately that – the rights went back to Marvel. And he would and go on missions? they decided to go on their own. And would they be maybe impossible – they were going to be very similar to Impossible Missions, but it was going to be essentially a spy-based, <laughs> espionage, uh, playboy 
thriller. But <laughs> they try to go on in this article to say that superhero films are full of CGI green screen effects, uh, pulpy, sometimes silly stories, and colorful costumes. By contrast, Cruz's films are hard hitting action and big stunts, mostly mm. achieved through practical offense. Effects like yeah. Cruise actually well, hanging and, from and, a plane. and let's face it, Tom Cruise, you so, know, he'll do those uh, ensemble movies, and he's working with a lot of actors. You know, the the last Mission Impossible movie, it was it was all him. He couldn't, you know, he has this great ensemble cast, and and he yeah. chooses not to use them. Mm-hmm. You know, Jeremy Renner's sitting back going, oh, "Man, I did more as Hawkeye in the first first Avengers movie than I did in the last two uh, Mission Impossible mm-hmm. movies." He had one scene. There's a sidekick I would like to see uh, go into the hero lead role is just a solo Hawkeye movie. I would I would pay money for that. If they if they did the Hawkeye movie from the comic books, and basically <laughs> there's a bottle episode for you. Hawkeye gets injured. He's living <laughs> in his apartment in like uh, Brooklyn, and the apartment is being uh, pestered by. Uh, they're, they're trying to make the the residents get out. Because right. somebody wants to buy up the the property and create a megaplex, so they've got these um, Eastern European gangsters that <laughs> all show up in their Kango hats and their tracksuits or Adidas tracksuits, and they start picking. <laughs> they 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 they're harassing and they're trying to yes. beat up the the tenants and force the tenants out. And Hawkeye, who's on leave because he's still injured, starts taking on the guys and ultimately. You know, takes on the gang and and leads to shenanigans. But it was a great. Hmm. You could do it as a Netflix series, and it right. would just it would be perfect. It doesn't have to be a big movie, hmm. not a big budget. It's just a guy hmm. who shoots bows and arrows, and he's taking on a bunch of Eastern European gangsters. Before you mentioned Eastern European gangsters, I was thinking of uh, Rear Window with a. It bow starts and arrow off a little bit like a, that. You see, it opens with. Uh, it, it opens with Hawkeye <laughs> during a, a fight sequence, and he goes to shoot the arrow and, and do one of those uh, falls off the building, but shoots the arrow and swings away. But in this case, the the rope snaps, and he falls and smashes his new car. And he says, he's, he's being wheeled into the hospital, and he's in basically a body cast. And he says, so uh, you, you're going to have to go home. And he says, I, I can't even remember where I put my apartment <laughs> I've been living with you guys for so long. But they sent him back, and it's just this little rundown bachelor-type apartment. And uh, But he starts to meet the various neighbors. And um, it also leads to the, one of the greatest sidekick characters, Pizza Dog, who is a dog that's owned by the gangsters that's left for dead when they kind of uh, kick it and run it over for being a dumb dog. And he takes pity on the dog, and the dog becomes his sidekick. <laughs> And he's just referred to as Pizza Dog. And is sitting in the Sidekicks Lounge with Arthur while Hawkeye goes to Comet Club in the city. We've gone full circle. (laughs) There we go. Unless somebody has any other uh, pressing news that they must must, uh, continue with, um, that seems like a good spot to... Pull, pull up for the day. We're at about our hour point, just shy of. Geeks with Kids, of course, can be found on the webs at geekswithkids.ca. It can be found on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekswithkidspodcast. 
Uh, Aaron, anywhere else we can find and follow the Geeks with Kids? Yeah, uh, you can follow us on the Twitter at Geeks with Kids CN. We're on the iTunes. We're on Google Play, Stitcher, Shout Engine. We're here, there, and everywhere now. Should, it's awesome. Should Marty ever host again? Please comment. Let I, us know. I'm putting excellent. <laughs> I'm putting my vote Good in job, for Marty. yes. This was fun. <laughs> Uh, I did have fun. I unfortunately did not get any marking done today at school. I mostly just prepped for So this, you're learning so. your priorities. Um, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, learning my priorities, exactly. Um, but, yeah, this was a uh, lot of Get your of, sidekick to do it. I need a sidekick. That's what I need. James. Yeah. <laughs> need get some do, marking done. My marking is I stand at the top of the stairs my marking. Throw them down. Uh, can you mark a few? I'm, everything's on Google. Nobody does that anymore. No, we can't. Everything's on Google. Oh, everything's handed in through the Google now. We don't have actual paper yep. anymore. You can nothing yeah. to throw down the stairs. And throw your tablet. There you throw go. Throw your laptop <laughs> down the <laughs> stairs and see whose name pops up first, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh this has been a fun episode thank you very much aaron uh for jumping on with us so we couldn't get another hey no uh, worries thanks kick. for thanks for hosting we're gonna try and get this uh all uh, uh all sidekick uh, episode going one more time we'll yes. see uh, we'll see try how again. it goes <laughs> try again but for me. now this was a this was a good run thank you all right cool uh thank you very much james for joining us today oh my pleasure thank you marty no problem. And uh, as your host, I'm Marty saying thank you very, very much, listeners. Comment often about whether I should ever do this again. And uh, for Geeks with Kids, signing off. Have a great night. Majram, everybody. Good night. <laughs>